So Tara, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm okay. I keep it like completely real with you. I am suffering from extreme midterm election fatigue right now. (laughs) Yeah, I stayed up too late watching the results roll in across the country. That had to be a very dissatisfying experience since everything was just so insanely close all over the place. I eventually just had to give up and go to sleep. I couldn't couldn't stand it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it was not very satisfying, but I guess it could be worse. I I guess it could. (laughs) I don't want to find out, but I suppose it could. Um, But yeah, this time of year, I mean, this time of year is already intensely exhausting just because like, I feel like stuff just kicks into high gear and it's just top speed all the way to New Year, you know? Um, And there's just so much going on and like holidays and, you know, wrapping up things at at work so you can put a a neat little pin in the in the quarter and midterms now. It's just all of the things are happening and I'm just like completely worn out. Yeah. I keep thinking like something's going to drop at some point and I will finally have like some space to breathe, but it hasn't. I think I think we have to drop. It's kind of got, and this is messed up, but it's gotten to the place where like I have to get sick or something to get to just have a chance to take a break. And that's sad when like you catch a cold and you're like, "Yay, I can actually just take some Nyquil and close my eyes for forty eight hours." This is awesome. Yeah. Well, we do have one thing that brings us some relief that helps energize us, and that is music. Dear music, it's always there. Why don't we distract ourselves today? Let's do, let's do like an album of the month kind of thing. Let's, what have we been listening to that's been giving us a break from all the insanity? Yes, there is one album in particular I have been playing on repeat like a lot, a lot. It's so good and makes me think of the old music that I love. Oh, cool. Well, you always have great recommendations, so I am curious to hear more. And I think you'll like... I think you'll like my pick as well. I think you know what my pick is. <laughs> I have a feeling. Yeah. Shall we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. Do you go first. Okay. My album of the month this month is from drug dealer, Los Angeles-based Michael Collins. The album is called Hiding in Plain Sight. Valentine, she's moving like the weather. It's a follow-up to his 2019 album Raw Honey. It was a London nightmare, but a man just a dream. He was floating through the screens, was love And generally, I love Drug Dealer because he sounds very much like old rock music. So Raw Honey, in a sense, kind of sounded like a mellow... Post hippie singer songwriter John Lennon vibes. Cool. Uh, maybe even like a little bit of America. I love America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this release is different in a way that it goes more yacht rock, uh, 70s soul. Think Boz Gags, Bobby Caldwell, and some jazz influenced arrangements a la Steely Dan. Absolutely. Which you know is my fave. <laughs> and then also just a just a note. 
The album cover art for Raw Honey from 2019, it looks almost identical to the 1968 album from United States of America, that like avant psych band. It looks almost just like their album cover. Oh, yeah. And then this album cover for Hiding in Plain Sight, well, actually not for Hiding in Plain Sight, but the singles from it. If you look at the singles for Hiding in Plain Sight, like Madison and uh, Pictures of You, those singles have the Black Sabbath album cover font on them. And so I love that he is, you know, hearkening back to these 70s rock amazing album culture points. So I love them. It's great. But yeah, anyway, so getting into the actual album, I do say I want to play a little snippet of Boz Skaggs, Low Down. Let's hear a little bit of that so we can hear this comparison of 70s soul kind of vibe. Here is Boz Skaggs with Low Down. Sad, sad truth, the dirty low down. Okay, now also a clip of Bobby Caldwell, What You Won't Do For Love. I guess you wonder where I've been. So this first song on the album, Hiding in Plain Sight by Drug Dealer, is called Madison. Let's listen to a clip of that before I dive into more. Oh, my Madison. So this is the first single that he wrote after Raw Honey because when he wrote Raw Honey, he was kind of feeling in his feelings about his voice. He wasn't feeling very confident and he had a chance encounter with psychedelic phenomena herself, Annette Peacock, and she told him that he wasn't singing in his correct range and that he should modulate it up. And so he did that. He tried it. He said, she was right, and it shifted my perspective on singing. He said, Madison is the first time I felt like I was hearing what I really sounded like after years of defaulting more towards numerous collaborators who I knew had their voices. So he said, it was pretty surreal, and I'm thankful for her advice, but... This song to me is very much like those Boz Gag songs, those Bobby Caldwell songs. And also just the sheer fact of like it being, well, it could be a woman's name. It could not be a woman's name. It could be a man's name. I guess Madison could go any gender. But I think immediately of that Looking Glass song, Brandy, when I hear Madison. I love that song. So let's hear a clip of Brandy. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I can hear all of those elements, Boz Gags, Bobby Caldwell, Looking Glass, just that 70s warm soul yacht rock AM gold sound. I really like this track. I mean, this is a completely new artist for me, and I think this was a really great introduction um, to the sound. And how lucky for him to receive that kind of um, advice about his vocals, because that's, that's something that happens a lot. Like just because you're a producer or a songwriter, you don't always necessarily know how to compose for your own voice. And it does make a difference. And I worry about that too sometimes. Like if I'm sitting in the right right range, you know, because my talking voice is so deep, but I don't necessarily think that's where I should be singing. You know what I mean? It's sultry. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, I feel like my talking voice is like kind of high pitched, but 
sometimes singing a high pitched note is hard. Whereas like I feel like I have an easier time singing more in a an alto like tone pitch. But yeah, I can't go too low either. So I know what you mean. Very lucky to get that advice from legendary Annette Peacock. <laughs> a chance encounter with Annette Peacock. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Maybe we should play a clip of Annette Peacock as well, just in case folks in the store aren't familiar. Yeah. So anyways, this yeah, this whole album, it sounds like you could pull any track off of it and it could fit in maybe like a 70s yacht rock compilation. There are some songs that sound more folk, more psychedelic, more soul, but I really do think this album could come out of the 70s and you would never know it. And I think that's why I love it so much. It sounds so much like those legendary bands that I love too, like like America, like Fleetwood Mac, like Hall & Oates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of those yeah. bands. I love them so much. A lot of a lot of references happening throughout this album. I love that. Yeah. Um, is this true? I love that his artist name used to be Run DMT. Yeah. And Salvia Plath. Yeah, Salvia Plath. <laughs> Which I think is yeah. incredible. I could see how that would cause some legal issues, but still very creative. <laughs> yeah, very creative. So another track I really love is Baby, and this one is very psychedelic sounding, but it features Tim Presley from the band White Fence. White Fence. I'm not familiar with them. Hmm. Yeah. They're cool. Well, can I just say the the next track on the album is one of my favorites. It's the one that made my ears really perk up. Someone to love. Yeah. I dug that one a lot. It was giving me like subtle Bill Withers, use me up vibes. There were like phrases. I don't know if there was a melodic line in there, but something in there made me hear a little bit of Bill Withers in there. Yeah. And apparently they, that song came out of an impromptu jam that they started developing when they were on tour for their last album. Nice. And then when they got home, they started working on new stuff and they realized it was like one of their favorite moments, just naturally playing that jam and turned out they worked it into a fully fleshed out song. And yeah, I think that's such a cool thing that they're able to take something that they naturally created on stage as like a jam, jam out moment uh, on tour and made it like a full, full song. And now they can play it on tour again, but like with intention. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And yeah, th- that song also features John Carroll Kirby, who's one of my favorites. The next single, Pictures of You. Features Kate Bollinger. Bollinger? Bollinger. How would you say it? I feel like it's Bollinger. I, I thought I watched an interview of her. But the, oh, okay. the interview person could be wrong because my instinct also says Bollinger for what it's worth. Hmm. Well, sorry, Kate. Kate. 
<laughs> right. is a folk singer. And this one uh, has like a nice twangy guitar sound, but features her sweet, soft vocals, kind of just ruminating on being alone. Yeah, I love this one. This one definitely has more of a like indie pop moment, but I really like it too. Um, I also loved pictures of you. And when you said indie pop, it made me think of the song that this kind of reminded me of. You remember Feist? She has a track called One Evening off of her Let It Die album. It, it like took me to that song. That whole album is a classic. I love that point. album so much. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I don't want to go over every song, but there are only nine songs on this album and it goes by really fast, which sometimes I feel like those are my favorite. They don't lose me, you know, like sometimes if an album just goes on and on, I kind of get lost and maybe that's my ADHD, but this one is short and consumable and I love it so much, but also because it's such a smooth jam album. Yeah. But track five new fascination is definitely one of my favorites there's this like twangy solo bit let's actually hear a little bit of this twangy solo moment that twangy solo moment sounds just like a twangy solo bit from redbones come and get your love The last one that I will highlight or at least say is like one of my favorites because I keep saying that over and over again is the song To Live and Drive in L.A. This one is the Steely Dan track. Mm -hmm. This is the instrumental like... Bass lines, walking up and down the, the the neck of the bass, cool sax solo bits. Yeah, this is this is the Steely Dan moment of the record. Uh, Hard Dreaming Man is more folk leaning, like his other tunes, and the last track, Posse Cut, I feel like is the most modern of them all, and features a couple uh, or a few actually soul singers singing mm-hmm. on Posse Cut. But it is the Posse Cut? They got the Posse out for that one. Yeah, so. You know, this being a new artist for me, it always helps me to like connect it to stuff I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's been happening a lot with the both of us. There's you'll hear a sound or hear a, a melody yeah. and you think of something else. There's like a really strong uh, callback. But for this one, it was giving me like very throwback 90s soul, like you said, maybe like groove yeah. theory adjacent. And then the bass line, the, like kind of that funk in the bass line reminds me of uh, Candy from Cameo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that track a lot. But I mean, that's really it as far as this album. There's not a lot to it, but it's great. It's it's just vibey. It's smooth. It's warm. It's retro, groovy, soulful. Yeah, drink your table wine and reminisce (laughs) whilst chilling out listening to this record. Yeah, very easy to listen to. Your dad might even like it. Yeah, he might. <laughs> dad rock. That's a, uh, yeah, silly. My dad probably would actually like it. Is this like super different from his previous releases or is this kind of his wavelength? 
No, I feel like the previous releases had more of a like go back even further, more like not Beach Boys, but maybe more Zombies Kinks, psychedelic mm. mod rock kind of vibe. Okay. Whereas this one is more like 70s soul yacht rock. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. If you were going to introduce someone else to this artist, would this be the first album you'd have them listen to? Yes, I would actually. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Although on the very first album, I really like that one. That album from 2016 is called End of Comedy. There's a song called Suddenly by Drug Dealer featuring Wise Blood on that album. Suddenly my mind is open and I know And then the middle album, Raw Honey, is also really good too. Oh, cool. But yeah, I would definitely recommend this one as the first, as the one I'd suggest. Yeah, I like it. This was a, a great recommendation. Yeah. So what's your album of the month? Oh, dear. Well, we're going to take an extreme turn from something very chill and easy to listen to and laid back to something a bit more challenging. Um, I want to talk about Bjork's new album, Fossora. Ooh. Yeah, this one... This one's heavy, a bit heavier. It's heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's her 10th solo studio album. And you know what? I, I'm going to avoid going down the rabbit hole with like all the philosophy and the themes of the album, you know, mushrooms and motherhood, death and resilience and healing and all that. Like there's plenty of, of places to, to get all that info. I just want to like go through the tracks and see how they hit us as OG Björk devotees since the early 90s, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So let's jump in. First track, I think this was the first single, in fact, Atopos. I bow to all that you've given me. She just kind of dropped that wacky video out of nowhere for this song. <laughs> Um, and you know what? This one took a minute to grow on me. And that's usually the case for me with Bjork's opening tracks, which isn't a bad thing, you know? Yeah. She's like really good at making strong declarations at the top of her albums. They don't try to like lure you or coax you in. They like yank you into whatever universe she's created. So sometimes it, it I need a minute to get my bearings with that. But it's grown on me. This is uh, co-produced with, uh, I want to say, Kasimin, Kasimin. Forgive me if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Uh, one part of the Indonesian electronic duo Gabber Modus Operandi. So I got to say, you know, listening to it more, I'm, I'm digging the reggaeton-esque beat that turns into like a full-on Gabber party at the end. Um, <laughs> it feels very, and I mean this in the most positive way, but it feels very like childlike. Like it's good for just frolicking and throwing your arms around like a kid, you know? Um, and she does talk about this album being like, the, for the pandemic era at home, we're having raves at home in our rooms and, you know, dance like no one's watching. So I dig that vibe here. Yeah. You know, so when I saw the video for this song, I thought, okay, I get it. It's like nature and techno. And then I was reading an article or, or something where she said she described the album as biological techno. And I was like, yep, see, you did it with the visuals, with the sound. Mm -hmm. It's like what I was calling nature techno. She's called it biological techno. And another thing I, well, I love this obviously because I, I, I played the clarinet and bassoon when I was in high school and I've picked it up since. 
or at least the clarinet since then. But I love that this song features like bass clarinets and other woodwinds. It sounds so beautiful. And also just throughout the album featuring woodwinds is super rad. You know, the one there's like that one lyric that kind of repeats at the end, hope is a muscle that connects us or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also feel like that beat is kind of like a heartbeat, like a, the the muscle, the heart is oh, like yeah. what is connecting everyone, your emotions. I'm getting deep with this, but yeah, hope no, I feel that. is a muscle and it's like boom, boom, boom. I yeah. will say one thing that I haven't enjoyed as much with her latest albums, including this one, is that she kind of sings along with the music in the background. Whereas I feel like on her earlier records, she was making these like wildly creative melodies with her voice. And then there was other melodies happening in the background. Does that make sense? It's like the music can go da na na na. And she will also sing da 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 da. And it's, it's just kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. No, I, I know what you mean. I'm just trying to think like what we can attribute that? that to. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, for one thing, obviously she's she's not as acrobatic with her voice these days, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's fine. But also I feel like she kind of shifted into this like chamber choral phase somewhere in the mm-hmm. middle where it was a lot about like the voices singing on top of the instruments together. You know what I mean? Kind of, yeah. I don't know, rem- reminiscent of like a sacred or like a church, a choral performance or something. Maybe that's just kind of like stuck in some way. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Did she kind of start doing that with medulla? Right around then. Know? Yeah. And she did yeah. a lot more like acapella yeah. things. Where's the line? You know, stuff and like that. And then that sort of pounding techno came with the album. Oh, shoot. The one with red and, and she's like, Declare independence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that Volta, one. Volta. Volta, yes. Kind of had that like techno element really coming. I mean, obviously there was a house in electronic and techno parts and the other ones too, but this one felt a little bit more Volta. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I'll jump around here too. Let's go to Ovule. Well, that's the next track. This is like another play on a reggaeton beat. This one Um, It features Side Project, a trio of percussionists from Reykjavik, who were instructed to, quote, channel the lurid sounds of Star Wars's Moss Eisley Cantina Band. And I'd say they succeeded. I can hear it. Um, On Fasora.com, she explains the lyrics of the song, complete with a very cute hand-drawn sketch. It's basically like a map of a relationship. She says the top layer is the dream, the perfection, ideal love. Middle is more muddy, reality and the keel of the vessel, the submarine of it, is what in Jungian psychology you would call the shadow. So it has layers. But this has my favorite music video. She released like, what, three videos for this album so far? Um, And this one I I really adore. It was directed by Nick Knight, who also gave us that kick-ass homogenic cover and Mm -hmm. most iconic of all the video for Pagan Poetry, which I still haven't gotten over. I love the imagery in this song as well. But wait, actually, let me talk about the sound. That electronic beat in this one definitely has a reggaeton vibe for sure. But yeah, this egg, this egg thing, an oval, ovule, ovule, oval, ovule, ovule, (laughs) (laughs) in a dark blood red void carries our digital selves embracing and kissing. That verse reminds me so much of the song 
blissing you that she has on Utopia. It's this this like blend of digital but biological, the natural, the non-natural. And so in the song Blissing Me, the lyrics that I'm specifically thinking of are, he reminds me of the love in me I'm celebrating on a vibrancy, sending each other MP3s, falling mm-hmm. in love to a song. And so that, you know, carries our, our dark blood, red void, carries our digital selves embracing and kissing. Yeah, blissing me. That's blissing me. Yeah. But then, sure. yeah, on the same, um, I don't know if it's on the same website, but maybe it's linked. Either way, I think I may have seen similar things to you talking about Fosera, is that describing it as a meditation of lovers walking around in this world, this theory that we each carry three eggs filled with ideals, realities, and darkness. It's also the way that Bjork's view of human connection has morphed since her girlhood and when she dreamed only a fairy tale romance. She says, you realize as you get older, it's not so black and white. Love is in lots more places and it's just as strong. It's just lives in other shapes. And mm. like that part specifically, I found in the verse where it says, when I was a girl, I felt love was a building I marched towards, but deadly demonic divorces demolished the ideal. I like the alliteration there. Uh, right. Now with your romantic intelligence, essential tenderness, we dissolve old habits. I love that. And also then later she talks about Love making avatars in a shell. So again, we're like, you know, um, Lawnmower Man virtual reality video. <laughs> Lawnmower Man. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. Not the juxtaposition that came to mind immediately, but <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I love that movie so much in the That 90s movie's insane. I know. <laughs> I do too. It's, it's madness. Definitely also had those uh, videos. What's the. Uh, mind's Eye, those like virtual oh, 90s yeah. virtual reality videos. <laughs> All right. So next we have Mycelia. I love this so much. It's Bjork doing her classic organic meets digital thing with these beautiful layered vocals all chopped up and manipulated in a way that sounds equally familiar and alien. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the choir sounds in Oceania. Yeah. Then we have Sorrowful Soil. So this is the first of two songs on the album about her mother who passed away shortly um, after this was written. Bjork says around the time she realized her mom was entering that final chapter of life. Um, It's a eulogy of sorts. And that certainly comes through, you know, the choral arrangement, the reverb, the organ, bass. It puts you it puts you in a cathedral. Like it's very reverent. I actually read that this one, Sorrowful Soil, was written before her mother died. And she said, it was around the time that my brother and I realized that this was the beginning of the last chapter of her life. But I was thinking of it because there's that eggs thing again. She she brings up eggs again in this one where she's talking about how like these gifts are given to women as like eggs and I don't know, something, something, eggs, motherhood. I don't know. Yeah. In a Pitchfork interview, she says that the lyrics are a bit odd. And I thought, I'll just let it be odd. Sometimes you ruin things by making all the words and grammar proper. When is anything she does not odd, though? (laughs) But you know what? It made me think, like, this is a a bit of a tangent, but this quote reminds me of how, like, in control and how self-aware she really is. Like, the media has always treated her like some kind of bizarro, you know, 
fairy creature. And I think she's cleverly managed to like completely ignore that, but also subtly take advantage of it (laughs) in every way. She's not not oblivious. Right. Right. She's she's a true artist making really strong, intentional, creative choices, knowing full well how she may be perceived, you know, and just kind of rolling with it. Totally. I like that about her. Um, Let's see. All right. So next is the epic Ancestress. This is another song dedicated to her mother. It features vocals and some arrangement um, from her son, Sindri, which is super cool. Yeah. This one I wrote, bells, exclamation point. Reminds me of Vespertine. (laughs) When I was a girl, she sang for me in falsetto. Mm. But also read that this one was after her mother's funeral, which made me think like the bells, the procession. And also I like that the two songs were back to back. Like the one, if she did ride Sorrowful Soil before she died, and then the one for after her mother's funeral. I like that sort of storyline there. Oh, yeah. Again, Fossora.com has some really great in-depth background on the song and the video, which depicts a, a funeral procession directed by Andrew Thomas Hong. Bjork says, It took me all this time to discover that for me, all funerals should be outside. Probably what was offending me most was how can one set off the spirit in such a claustrophobic environment as a church? When the soul sets off, it needs to be outside so there is room for how enormous it becomes when it merges with the elements. And I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, and a lot of cultures, I think in India for one, where they will put the body and shroud it with marigolds and flowers and then set it aflame and then set it adrift on the river. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely like the the ritual, you know, the send-off that she envisioned giving her mother um, after the funeral. It's obviously a very personal piece of art for Björk, so I'll just be honest and say that I don't really listen to this one that often. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's seven minutes long, and it's like, it's kind of like she's going someplace I can't really follow mm. her, and that's totally fine. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Like, I watched it once, and I'm like, yeah, that was fantastic but I'm not going to revisit Ancestress a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Next, she has this short interlude entirely in Icelandic. I won't even try to pronounce it. <laughs> Come on, try. Um, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I, look, I was about to. Do you, you, do you hear me like inhale? No, I'm not going to do that. Um, next is Victimhood. Honestly, I find this track to be a bit tedious. Same. Like, especially in the middle with all the vocals and the sounds swirling and building on top of each other. I'm just like, it's just too dense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can only get into it at the six minute mark. Good Lord. The six minute mark (laughs) um, where it's just the isolated beat. That beat is mad groovy. Like I want that to be a track. Yeah. But I usually just kind of skip it altogether. (laughs) Um, One cool thing, though, in the lyrics, she says that victimhood has a saintly glow. And it appears to be a callback to the cover of Volnikira, which is known as her heartbreak album. And you know how the cover depicts this like victimhood archetype and she's here with that big wound in the middle of her chest oh. and there's like this halo around her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like here, she's she says she's rejecting the self-righteousness of self-pity. So that was kind of a neat connection. Oh, yeah, that is neat. Kind of makes me want to go back and listen to that song with that now in mind. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you still get tired. Next is Allow. This one's my favorite. 
Yay, I definitely want to hear a clip of this song. It's one of my favorites too. This is such a sweet song and it's a much welcome relief after a string of dark, heavy, yeah. sad songs. <laughs> I wonder if that's why. I, so I thought that I liked this one the most because it felt like one of the more melodic songs. But I wonder if it is because it's like this like relief almost after all this heavy darkness. Yeah. Well, I don't think you'd be surprised to know that this was recorded during the sessions for Utopia. Like It, it totally has that album's vibe, oh, doesn't it? I did not know that. But I did read that it was like songs she wrote about like the holidays she had with the vocalist on the track, Emily. With Arca, with Arca, back when they were still having their oh, um, partnership. Okay. Yeah. But you can, it does have like a holiday vibe. Like it a does. Vacation. It, it does. Yeah. And I think it's, a, I love this track, which is funny because I, I kind of did not, I wasn't that into her Arca years. Yeah. I didn't love Utopia. I didn't love... Was it Biophilia? Yeah. Is that the one they did together? I, uh. Listening to me was like the only <laughs> one that I really liked, yeah. Yeah, there were a couple highlights in there. I, I like that she was being experimental and doing different oh, for sure. things. But I also love Bjork and her melodies and yeah. Yeah, and like no no disrespect, no hate on Arca. I like Arca. I, I don't know, just the, the union wasn't really hitting for me. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, this was a winner. And if this came from the Utopia sessions, that's that's definitely a, a highlight. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I didn't know that. That's cool. Lovely vocals from Emily Nikolas, a Norwegian singer-songwriter. I think her voice really makes this one magical for me, especially at the end when she's just like riffing lightly and doing yeah. those beautiful flourishes. Plus the beautiful flutes and piccolos. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it's really good. Next, we have Fungal City. Another great vocal feature here from Josiah Wise, a.k.a. Serpent with Feet, an experimental musician based in Brooklyn, New York City. I think if you like Allow a lot, you will dig this one. It's a really good vocal match between the two of them. I adore the lyrics. They're so intimate. I love when Bjork talks sexy. Yeah. Yeah. She has such a way with words when she's being, when she's talking about intimacy. Um, It reminds me of... I See Who You Are from Volta, which is like one of my favorite love songs. It reminds me, at least lyrically, of, um, I think the song is called Cocoon from Vespertine. Oh, yeah. Right? And then they talk really about Cocoon one. on this one. And it's very sexy because it's like, you know, I, I won't go into it. Go read the lyrics for this the song Cocoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very intimate. The next one is, also I'm going to butcher this, Trolla Gabba, Troya Gabba. I don't know. This one doesn't do a lot for me. It's another Gabber Modus Operandi collaboration. I don't know. Dare I call it filler? <laughs> Just not feeling it. And I should feel it. It's loud and it's got loud beat and that's usually my jam. But yeah. Are you getting soft in your old age, Natalie? Am I getting soft? No, I'm still just <laughs> as hard as ever. It doesn't thump hard enough for me, man. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. Let's see. Free Fall, another gorgeous love song. Uh, the string quintet is the star here for sure, but got to give props where props are due. It's, hey, it's Bjork's stunning classical arrangement chops, man. She's like legit masterful composer and producer. Let's not forget. Yeah, it's true. Really beautiful piece. There's the strings build up in the middle here. That's just stunning. Like it just chugs your chest out of your heart. It's so pretty. 
Great song. All right, next, the penultimate track, Fasora, the title track here. Tara, this track, this is what I've been waiting for for years. This, this is the album for me, this track. I can never just play it once. I usually have to hear it two or three times in a row. Huh. Um, it's giving nostalgic me a glimpse of like the old Bjork that I miss. It feels like it could coexist somewhere in the homogenic to medulla window, you know? Yeah. Um, there's just this like savage beat that drops toward the end. It's everything. Human zoomies every time. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Bjork. Also, uh, Fossera, the title of the song and the album, like you mentioned, is the feminine counterpart to the Latin word fasore, which means to dig. And she does say that in the song over and over. Fasora, but also dig. Her fossoral claw digs downwards or dug down to rot. Yeah, a lot of digging there. And also mentions mycelium again. Mycelium speed is in the first line. So that's a thing. And spores, here we are again with like biological techno. Yeah, the song, um, it's got a fungal overgrowth happening for real. That's what she was aiming for. Another um, Gabber modus operandi production. Deep high-fae roots that penetrate concrete and plastic. It's like nature meets human. Oh yeah, that's the part That's the part where the beat drops and it gets crazy. But like the line that comes before that really sets me off too. It's, we stayed in one place long enough to shoot down deep high-fae roots that penetrate concrete and plastic even though the ground is burnt underneath monumental growth. It's just like, I don't know, I get really jazzed. Yeah. I should do like Iron Man or something and <laughs> just have that on repeat. <laughs> All right. And then the last song, Her Mother's House, Real Talk. I'm usually so satisfied from the previous track and exhausted from dancing like a maniac that I kind of stopped listening at this point. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful song. Her daughter, Isadora, sings with her. She's got a great voice. It's a pretty song about uh, what Björk calls matriarchal architecture, following the loss of her mother and in another sense, the loss of her daughter as she leaves the nest. Oh, there's the egg again yeah. and the birds. Yeah, it's sweet. The, the whole metaphor of like the heart being like a home is is throughout the lyrics. And there's a line that she, she says, a mother's house has a room for each child. It's only describing the interior of her heart, which I thought was really sweet. Yeah, and then that same theme of growing up and change. That's that's cool. I like the repetitive themes throughout. Yeah, so overall, I like how this album, like all her others, through all the magic and like the far out kooky quality of her music, it's always a window into her realness. Like all this time you and I have been consuming her music. She's been like a real woman just out in the real world, going through the same phases, the the ups and downs, the growing pains that we all face, mm -hmm. right? She's raised children. She's an empty nester now, for God's sake. Like, she's lost a parent. She's loved. She's divorced. Like, no matter how much the media reduces her to some little fairykin, she gives us her raw humanness every time. And I think that's what keeps me so connected to her. That's a really good final note for this album. I like that. But what is the connection between this album and Drug Dealer's album? Hmm. <laughs> We always find one. I think for me, maybe what it is, that last part of what you were saying and it's like true, true self and how he kind of like found his voice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's legit. I can hear that. I think for for me, it's it's less about the artist, but more about the listening experience for the two albums. Hmm. I think it I think it hi- the connection is like it how these albums highlight the importance of a strong opening track. And it and it does so from two extremes, right? Like with Bjork, you know, we've been listening to her our whole lives and it might take a bit of effort to like feel it out and get on board with the new vibe. And like that opening track always carries the weight of that adjustment, you know? But then on the other hand, with Drug Dealer, a totally new artist you put on my radar, that opening track holds a lot of weight because it's going to determine whether or not I fully buy in and care to listen any further. So it needs to make like a clear statement about what I should expect and why I should give a damn. Yeah. And I think I think both albums did that successfully. Cool. That's good. Although I just don't think a Topos is my like one, you know? But I think a Topos is a good representative of what the album is about. That's true. It is biological techno. It is biological techno. It's <laughs> mushroom mania. It's dirt. It's all that. Yeah. I think I think it embodies all that. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm glad we were able to find a common theme in both records. And yeah, I definitely will put Drug Dealer's album on my top uh, of 2022. I'm pretty sure. Nice. That's coming up soon. We better start I know. getting ready for that. We're going to start <laughs> start ranking. Oh, gosh. I'm so bad at ranking. I feel like I'm behind on all the albums of 2022, though. I have no clue what my list is going to look like. But but thank you. You've, you've given me a reminder. I'm going to write it in my bullet journal, and I'm going to be a good girl and rank. Rank a top 10, Natalie. Do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Well, this is a fun chat. I hope everyone in the store goes out and listens to these records. Let us know in our Discord channel if you dig them, if they are your favorites. What are your thoughts on Bjork's album? What are your thoughts on Drug Dealer's album? What's your favorite Drug Dealer album? What's your favorite Bjork album? Tell us in Discord. You can find the link on our Instagram or at Record Store Society or our website is recordstoresociety.com. Oh, hey, also, if you have suggestions for what we should check out for an album of the month club in our store, please let us know. There's a link for that in our uh, Instagram bio, or you can just tell us on the Discord as well. Beautifully said. You checked all the boxes. Let's close up and get the hell out of here. Okay, awesome. Bye. Bye, everybody. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.